Congratulations. You made it to the exfil. You can sit back and relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT. Our goal is to get better at the game, so we hope you come along with us for that journey. Just a couple of notes tonight. First, we are 100% listener-supported, so thank you to all of our patrons who continue to support us. And I do have an announcement this week. We haven't done hideout keeping in a while, but we do have some exciting stuff to talk about. And I'm going to start by saying this the same way that I sort of announced this in Discord, but it was a little ambiguous. But the Xfil is not going away. But this podcast started almost two years ago as a branch off from our generic podcast, XP Gaming which was exclusively on YouTube at the time. And the truth is, uh, Ronald and I really love talking about games. And there's a lot more that we want to podcast about. Technology, new games, old games, um, just things that we either get excited about or have knowledge on. And we're not really <laughs> not really 100% sure the direction we want to take it in, but we do know we want to keep talking about games. So you're going to start seeing new shows bonus content, and the XFIL all within the same RSS feed. Notably, the reason for this announcement, why it's happening now, is we are extremely excited about New World, which is the action MMO that is launching on September 28th. We have a couple of shows planned out. Maybe we've even got some recorded already, but those are the ones that we're going to be adding into the feed in the very near future. And what it really boils down to and what we really want to communicate is we love helping people learn about complex games and creating communities around them and helping people get connected. So we want to do more of that in addition to talking about Tarkov. So keep your ears open for some of that new content. And to support this, many of you have already seen what we've done in Discord. Maybe you've clicked around, but a lot of people don't have notifications on in Discord, so I don't blame you. We've made changes which for existing members you shouldn't notice much, but there is a new section called Get a Role, which you can now click on various reactions underneath sections for different games that have more robust sections. So everybody was defaulted for Escape from Tarkov and for the generic sections, and new members will have to select those before they can engage, but we've added a section for New World. So if you're interested in New World or you're planning on playing or you want a company or a place to land, we're going to have all kinds of info over the next couple of weeks as we approach the launch for this. But we wanted to let you know that's there. Go to the Get a Roll section in Discord. Make sure you're reacted to the right games that you want info on. And this is ultimately going to allow us to communicate only with the Discord members that are interested in those topics because we are always taking into consideration not over-notifying people for stuff that they just don't care about. So when you get a notification on our server, it should be related to something that you're interested in. And the best part about this new reaction system is maybe you're really into Tarkov today. Maybe you're really into WoW or PUBG or New World. But then six months from now, you're just not. You can actually go into that get a roll section, remove your reaction, and you'll no longer have those sections showing up and having new messages or notifications coming through. So we wanted it to be really easy to opt in and opt out of those sections. So anyway, that's a long-winded announcement. We haven't had one for quite some time, and I wanted to give you guys the update on that. And that's what I have for the announcement hideout keeping today. Man, I'm pretty excited about this. Man, we, we started this whole journey. can't believe it's been two years, but it's been actually two years because we released our first show, I think, in the late part of October. And, you know, but we have been working on it for several months before then. But it's going to be so much fun to be able to share some more projects with everybody that we have been wanting to do. If you are listening to this and you're thinking, wow, 
I'm not sure if I care about New World. Uh, you know, that's great. The Xfil is not going to stop, like like Trigger said. And so we are definitely committed to Tarkov. We are in no way stopping that commitment to Tarkov. We're both having a great time playing Tarkov, but we're gamers and we're gamer dads and we want to talk about all kinds of things. So you probably are going to hear stuff about New World. You might hear some kid stories in there because we both have kids. That's always a good time. Uh, we still have not solved the great marshmallow debate between us, but rest assured, we're going camping soon, and, and it will be revisited. It will be revisited, let me tell you. So all of that is coming up, and that that falls in the bonus content category, and it's going to be awesome. So stick with us, and thank you to everyone who has stuck with us for all this time. The community's great, and we're very thankful for all of you, and this next, like, XP Media 2.0 is going to be great. <laughs> I know I know that I'm supposed to probably let you transition us back to Tarkov, but I'm really impressed at your ability to weave a marshmallow conversation back in at this point. The best part about it is it's not that I forgot we had a camping trip coming up, but there's been so much going on with like new job and then some unfortunate family news and uh, just stuff like that that I I had sort it sort of was on the back of my mind. So I'm actually really excited about that. I kind of forgot that was coming up. Oh, the marshmallows are locked and loaded. This needs to be revisited. It's not over. (laughs) (laughs) The vote from episode 30 or 37 or whatever that was over a year ago is still up in the discord. So it's going to get more votes, man. (laughs) We're going to get everybody the chance to, uh, you know, vote the correct way, vote for my way, and uh, we're going to, you know, continue on that. It was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And just like tonight, I'm looking forward to talking about Tarkov. We're going to have a great time camping in the next couple of weeks. But tonight, we've got some more great raid stories for you. I hope everyone enjoyed last week because we sure enjoyed making it. And we've got some really cool game updates that are coming. There's been a lot of podcasts Nikita's done, and there's been some uh, great and interesting announcements made about the game coming up over the next couple of months. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but we're positive on it and excited to kind of dive into just a little bit of it tonight. And of course, uh, whichever rabbit holes we inevitably go down, because there's one thing that the XFIL podcast cannot do, and that's just step over a rabbit hole. We, we trip and fall flat into them. So I never will be get down a couple of those. But first, we need to get into our weeks in Tarkov because that's where we're at in the show notes. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. I'm going to go first this week. So my week in Tarkov has been fairly productive. I got to tell you, I have made a somewhat recent hard push and I took the first six weeks of the wipe or eight weeks of the wipe almost off completely because of some family stuff and, uh, you know, just summertime. But now I'm getting back into it and, and pushing through. And so Pushed past level 30 this week. Pretty excited about that. Uh, Got to Jaeger 3. Did many, many, many tasks. And what I'm excited about is, as I've gotten a little bit more comfortable in certain situations in PvP, is that I've done a lot of tasks solo this time around that I just didn't or couldn't do any other time. I've waited to do them with you or with other XFIL community members and squads. And I, I feel like it's kind of a cool thing as you progress in knowledge of the game and you progress in talent and skill, which I have very little of, but just enough to get to where I'm at right now. I can actually get some of that stuff done. It feels good. It just feels good. So lots of shoreline, lots of woods, lots of interchange. And I had a solo kill a kill is actually where I want to land this week for a raid story because it was pretty epic. And I'd like to break it down a little bit. So interchange, 2200, we're nighttime, right? I was going into Interchange looking for those two books. There's one on the first floor and there's one on the second floor. There's one by Idea just on the backside of Goshen for the first one. And the second one is on the second floor all the way on the other side of the mall, basically on the other side of the subway, (laughs) whatever it's called. And then you you get back in that far back corner. And so you have to cross the whole mall to get between these two. Now, I started the raid off expecting there was going to be lots of PvP going on inside, and so I spawned at Railway. I immediately started running towards the mall. I got about halfway to the front of the mall, and all of a sudden, I heard a war. Like, I, I, it sounded like there was five, 10 PMCs, all just crazy, and it was like five minutes. It wasn't stopping, and so I was like, okay, Maybe I'll run around and kill some scavs for a little bit first. So 
I ended up running around and killing some scavs on the outside, made my way around to power, and then I came in through the, the back side of Idea because I knew I had to start at that store. That's in my mind kind of the plan that I had made. Last week, we talked about making a plan. My plan was to go to the Idea side of the mall first and then go back over to the Ollie side and then get out, get out Emercom because I'd started at the railway side. So I make my way to power, killed a couple scavs there, did some looting, and then I get into the mall. We're at like about 33 minutes left at this point, okay? So the first main war in the center of the mall is over. Everything's quiet. I mean, I hear some scavs, you know, running around and sliding, but nothing too crazy. And I make it to that first store. I get there right across from Emercom Medical. I get the book and I'm good to go. And I thought, well, I need to get upstairs. So I kind of sneak my way to the middle of the mall. I heard nothing. And I'm like, okay. And so I make a break up one of the center escalators, which was a huge mistake. Never do that. (laughs) So bad. So what ended up happening is that's when Killa saw me and starts firing at me. And so I'm running, right? Because I don't know where it's coming from. So I hit a propotol, I'm running. I thought I was safe. I had gotten upstairs, I was, and then all of a sudden, I heard footsteps running towards me and shooting. And I thought, is this a player scav? Like, what's going on? And so they kept, I kept running and kept running around, and then all of a sudden, I got, I got ahead of him and then got some cover. He came around a corner, and I just uh, aimed for the head, and I'm running uh, M995 and a, an ADAR, a suppressed ADAR. Unload the entire thing on him, and he goes down. And so I was like, wow, that is an awesome player scab. And I go up, I didn't even realize it was Killa. <laughs> so I killed him and I'm like, holy crap. I, you know, I get his stuff. I'm ready to go get my second book. So I get my second book and I, I'm making my, my way down the escalator by Teco towards there. And at the bottom of the steps, I get shot in the face with a shotgun from a scav. And it wasn't even a player scav. No. <laughs> Here's the thing. Tarkov, you're going to die. And I got to be honest with all of you. I almost threw my headset across the room. <laughs> oh, Trigger is the worst. <laughs> so, the, oh my gosh. Like, it's just that like heartbreak of having a great raid, right? Like, you've got your quest item. You got your second quest item. You've killed Killa. You realize you killed Killa. And then to have it all end from a scab. Like, that's the most Tarkov thing I've heard this week. I mean, that's just, you can't have stuff like that happen in other games. And uh, it was funny, as you were talking, I was actually going to ask what your plan for attacking those quest items were. You explained it. I mean, you you kind of had a plan and then, you know, things happen within the raid. I mean, someone charging you as you're running up the stairs completely changes the way that the raid's going to go. I mean, at that point, you got adrenaline pumping. You've now got some really good loot that you need to deal with. It's just a, a fascinating kind of raid story. So well, <laughs> I'm glad your headset is still intact. I can see it on the screen. So did you keep like, did you keep playing after that? Or what'd you do? Did you run a scav? How'd you uh, bounce back after that? Yeah. So, you know, I, I stared at the screen for about 30 seconds. No lie. And I just had to kind of just, you know, let, let the adrenaline level get back to normal. <laughs> I ran a scav on shoreline. I hit all the high value places that I usually hit, got out with some loot. And then I realized that I made some mistakes there. That's the hard part about Tarkov is, you know, you you can do some things well, and then you just end up making, you know, stupid mistakes. And, you know, we ended up doing that task together, playing in a raid, and we went down the back way into Ollie in the back steps and came out. And that's the way that I should have gone. I just wasn't thinking really clearly. I got into this mentality of I I have my quest items, I just killed Killa, and it became tunnel vision, get out, get out, get out. And that's really, you just can't do that. And I made a mistake there. And I definitely have thought about that and am learning how to, in those high intense situations, to finish the raid strong. Because I think a lot of people are great at the PvP aspect of Tarkov or great at like getting in and whatever, but you have to live. And Tarkov is a survival MMO. That's what the game is. And it's about living. What I really thought about and and came to the conclusion of is that I have to work on, you know, this, that finishing of the raid, doing the the entire raid and not getting a tunnel vision on when it's time to get out. So I've been working on that. And I think I, I, I learned quite a bit from that and became a little bit better over it. Yeah, that's really cool. It's actually interesting that we both had raids, and I'll get to mine in a minute, that were out of our normal, or at least the impactful point 
of the raid was out of our normal wheelhouse. So I'll explain mine in a minute and I'll, uh, I'll relate it back because I just think that's really neat is that encounter with Killa, which we've killed bosses together. I know you don't hunt bosses solo. You've obviously killed them a bunch of times, but being chased up the stairs and inside the mall there is kind of a odd situation. And then it kind of, it seems like it, it led you to have an unfortunate encounter with the scav. And I, I have an interesting one myself. So before I do that, I have one more shout out. I had an amazing conversation with one of our new Discord members, I learned that uh, the the Xfil is a uh, a popular podcast and topic of discussion among some of the army folks who are stationed back in my home state, Colorado. So I wanted to just say uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. I'm glad that this fills a little bit of your time and and fuels some conversation when we put out a show. And I just wanted to say thanks for your service and glad to have you guys in the community. So shout out to the Colorado Army crew. Welcome in, guys. But I want to talk about night raids. So I was so like floored by your success last week in night raids. And then realizing as I looked at my own gameplay that I hadn't been doing night raids for like two wipes. So I challenged myself to run some tasks at night and just slow it down a bit. And I got to tell you, man, I had so much fun. I think I've been missing out on like 50% of the game. (laughs) Like I never really do night raids. And the only time I really did them was on factory. And what sparked me to do it was I actually had a combination of Punisher tasks. I had quite a few Peacekeeper tasks and those are on Shoreline. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a suppressed AKM in so that I can work on Punisher and then I can go gather all the things that I need or go to the car or go to the room for nostalgia or plant some beacons and things like that. And I, and I just had some awesome raids. You know, they were slower, but when I kind of got in the groove of just kind of being methodical about clearing places out, where to use night vision, where to not use night vision, you know, making sure I was suppressed and then in the, in the raid that was really impactful, it was interesting. I was approaching, I, I spawned on the uh, tunnel side and I worked my way up the road towards gas station and I was able to pick off a couple scabs there and I think I needed 15 for the quest. So I was really trying to see if I could get all 15 in one raid. I killed two at the gas station and then I kind of stayed there perched looking down at what was going on towards the pier and took a couple shots at a PMC that crossed the road and ran down into the pier. And I ended up taking a couple shots back, which was really interesting. Like, I don't know if it was the partner or somebody else was kind of zoomed in on me, but I had this moment of freaking out because I was suppressed with the AKM. It couldn't have been behind me because I was on the east side of the hill with the hill sloping up behind me. So it had to be coming from, you know, the 180 degrees in front of me. And it hit the hill very close to me, I think in front of me. So the person just missed. So then I started freaking out and I ran up the concrete wall towards the power station. I had this moment where I switched from this methodical plan and clearing everything out to kind of my default PvP state right? And I've been playing some Apex Legends, I've been playing PUBG, and I've just kind of been in a kind of brawl it out sort of mindset. And I was intentionally not doing that. But when I got shot at, when I was in a safe position, I just had this like three minutes where I was like full W key, holding shift, ran to power, killed the scav on top, killed two scavs at the bottom, and made all this noise. And then I'm in there looting the coats inside power, and all of a sudden I hear footsteps coming, probably coming to check out the shots. And I had this moment of decision of, okay, do I fight this, which sounded like a 1v2 or a 1v3, or do I go back to my plan and just finish the raid out? The cool part was I made the right decision, I think. I mean, I guess I could have PvP'd and and killed him and got out of there, but it seemed unlikely because the power station, if you're stuck inside, you don't have a lot of options for getting out. And against multiple enemies, they can cover a lot of those angles. So I chose to not make any noise. They didn't come in power. And fortunately, I had made the decision to close the door on the way in. And I think that led to them not checking it out. 
They looked at two of the bodies that I had looted, and then they moved on their way up towards resort, and I was able to exfil. So I ended up getting, I think, six or seven scab kills, and it was like a 35 or 40 minute raid, which is just not how I normally go through the raids. I didn't die, <laughs> which, which recently, you know, I had some rough raids, and I, I had some other night raids, and I, I had uh, three or four of them. I didn't die on any of them, and I just made a lot of progress on tasks. So I know that was like a long explanation of kind of what went on for my raids, but it was very impactful for me to like discover night raids for questing. Man, I really didn't know what I was missing there. So it was really fun to dig into that. Why do you think that's something that you never considered before? It's super, super simple. I desire PvP, and I desire PvP in a number of ways. And so initially this wipe you know, one of the ways that I loved to PvP, which was on scabs, was removed because of the scab karma system. And it wasn't removed, it was the incentive was removed. And in fact, a penalty was put on there if you just kind of went for killing other scabs. So I like to shoot. I'm an FPS native, meaning like my go-to games have often been FPS and MMOs, but I kind of always come back to FPS. You know, grew up playing Halo and Counter-Strike and PUBG and Call of Duty and all of those games. That's just kind of where my passion is at. And it's where I've developed most of my gaming skill over time. So to answer your question, it's a really simple answer in that I approached Tarkov from I'm going to PvP to survive. I want to win PvP fights, and that's how I'm going to survive. And over the last couple months, as my playtime changed drastically, notably, it went from having a couple days where I could play games earlier in the day for longer chunks of time to playing later at night again after um, working and not having like half days. And so that change of not having as much energy, not being as focused, it, it sort of just had me uh, looking for a more mellow experience in Tarkov because I just wanted to relax a little bit but still be playing the game. And I never really considered a way to enjoy the game where PvP wasn't at the front and center of my gameplay experience. So that's really why I don't think I did night raids, because in my experience, when doing night raids, there isn't as much gunplay and gunfights. And when you do get those, oftentimes you're getting sniped. <laughs> if, if you're playing aggressive in a night raid, you often get killed from places you don't know or have no idea where it's coming from. So I just sort of avoided it subconsciously. It wasn't really an active thing. But I, I actually had thought about that when I started loading up and was like, you know, it's like 1030 at night. And I'm like, OK, what do I want to do? Well, I'm going to go do some night raids. Let's check it out. And I just found myself enjoying playing Tarkov a different way. Do you think that playing Tarkov in the way that you did changed your maybe your default strategy for how you approach tasking or approach rating. I, I know you said you're primarily PvP focused, but Tarkov is a mix of PvP and really PvE elements, right? Do you think that doing night raids is primarily a PV like a less PvP focused thing or I don't know how to ask what I'm trying to ask, but I'm just trying to figure out if if there's a segment of the of the Xfield community that maybe doesn't use night raids that that is more PvP focused and if that's a thing or not. I don't know. Um I think for me it's gonna just open up another lane to explore the game in. You know, I guess what I typically would do is run a PMC raid, run a scav raid and just kind of alternate back and forth there. And if I was, you know, if I had a bad PvP experience, I'd go in with a pistol and just kind of do a loot run or, you know, try to do a zero to hero or a scav to hero type situations. I think for me, the night raids just give me an opportunity to go in on a PMC, change the focus a little bit. I used the inexpensive night vision goggles kind of to your recommendation and, and found a way to enjoy that. So I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I don't hear a lot of discussion around night raids. I think people do run night raids. And I guess that would be an interesting point of feedback to hear from solo players or squad players. Like, do you run night raids or do you weave them into your rotation? Because that's just not something I ever did. 
You know, one of the things you mentioned, which I think is an interesting thing to maybe talk about, is how when you were getting shot at, it was just hard to figure out where it's coming from. And I've also experienced that too. But, you know, talk a little bit more about that. What went through your mind as, okay, what do I do? You know, with as much daytime PvP experience as you have, like, how did that translate to that particular interaction? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think everyone be lying if they didn't get shot at in Tarkov from places they were not aware of. But for me, as soon as I heard that thud of a shot landing near me, I go into immediate uh, kind of like a step through in my mind. Like the first thing is, do I hear where the gun sound came from to localize it? And I'll often move my mouse back and forth to the left or right um, as soon as I hear a shot hit somewhere to see if I can localize the direction it came from. So that's always step one when I get shot at. And oftentimes when a gun is suppressed in Tarkov, you can't figure that out if it's from longer range. So then I immediately went into, okay, where am I at on the map? And I strategically chose a point not on top of the hill I was on, but in front of the hill I was on so that I could not be shot in the back. So I knew that the person was 180 degrees, you know, facing towards gas station and below likely, which is also probably why the shot hit either it hit low. I think it hit under my feet. And so that suggested long range as well because of the bullet drop. So the next piece of that was, you know, I've learned over time when running away from being shot at any kind of range in Tarkov, you never want to run in a straight line. Um, obviously, a straight line is the fastest way in the opposite direction. So if I if I wanted to get away from them as fast as possible, I would have ran in a straight line up the hill away towards the west, back towards tunnel. But I don't want to give the enemy an easy time kind of leading their shot, plant a point in front of me, and then take the shot as I get there. So I always run kind of an erratic, sort of just kind of like a, a winding road to get away. And then, of course, I hear the shots coming through and it's plinking off the trees and the side. And I got away very successfully. I actually didn't get hit in this scenario. But your question there reminded me of something that I saw. <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. Uh, you and I were uh, we were doing that interchange raid um, earlier tonight. We ran into two hatchet runners in the garage of interchange. And one of them had a, a Twitch name. And we caught them in the tents, um, just trying to pick up some loot. And we ended up going to their Twitch channel afterwards, after we got out of the raid, which was a very successful raid, by the way. You got like three quests done all over Interchange, which was awesome. But um, (laughs) they were, uh, it's a guy who's teaching someone new to play the game. So he was just kind of showing him around on the map. And I was watching them play for a little bit before we started recording tonight. And one of the things I saw was a really interesting tactic related to kind of your question. It's sort of in addition to where he was on woods in the next raid or two raids later. I don't know how long it was since we got in there, but he got shot at, didn't know where it was from, and then got shot a couple more times, had his stomach blacked, one of his legs was red, and he figured out where they were shooting from. And at that point, he turns around and I think he had a vector And he does this like 30 degree spray back and forth the direction where he thinks the person could have been shooting from. And immediately the firing stops and he's able to pop a painkiller and run away, completely heal, reposition. And then he ended up re-engaging the fight. But I just thought it was really interesting. I've never considered that. And it's actually probably happened to me a lot where, you know, if I'm shooting someone in the back and then all of a sudden bullets start flying my way, I immediately think to take cover or change up my angle so that I don't get shot again. And I just thought that was really neat, and it's not something I ever considered in this situation. I have pretty good situational awareness and how to get away and dodge, but I never considered flipping back around and firing a bunch of bullets in a spray pattern back and forth to try to scare the person shooting into repositioning themselves or stop shooting because they think they were spotted or, you know, who knows, maybe one in a hundred times you do that and you kill the person with a random lucky bullet. But that's kind of my progression and then kind of a new strategy that I just saw today that I kind of want to, it's funny, right? I don't really want to get in a situation where I try it, but I hope that I have the presence of mind the next time I'm getting shot in the back to 
try it and see if it works. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think that using that technique is a pretty effective way because it's not expected, right, from the people that are shooting at you. And also, too, you have the ability to throw some grenades in their direction, too. If you if you have some, that can sometimes get people to move as, as you can make scab bosses move with grenades. It is really interesting. I watched the same clip as it happened as, as you did, and I really thought it was a cool counter to that move. And that's one of my favorite parts about PvP games in general is that the erratic nature of like how a player would play a human player, you can counter it with something equally as unexpected. And then that way was absolutely unexpected and, and definitely something that I'm going to add to the toolbox for myself as well. Because sometimes it's better to shoot out, shoot a little bit if you're, you know, you're kind of in the open, there's nothing else you can do. And so I really thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was great. So yeah, I mean, just, it was a great question you asked. And we just had some awesome raids. We had a few awesome raids together along the lines of the ones we just talked about. That interchange raid was great. And then you had a couple of good shoreline ones. I had some good shoreline ones. Kind of a really good week for progression and raiding. That was awesome. But I do want to talk about some news that came out. And, you know, you kind of alluded to it at the top of the show that Nikita has been on a few podcasts recently. There's a number of things that are in development. You know, for those of you that um, maybe haven't heard about all this, I, this, I guess this is just turning into a shout out episode, but uh, a community member, you guys may recall um, the Tarkov reporter who is in the Discord and is, is oftentimes around. He's on Twitter a lot, but he runs a website called TarkovNews.com and it's just an awesome, awesome spot. So if you're ever looking for kind of what's being talked about in the Tarkov community, it's a great place to go. But he kind of uh, summarized all of the things that were talked about with Nikita as it related to the podcast he was on. And I saw clips from this. I watched sections of it. But there's a phenomenal summary on TarkovNews.com. And we'll put the link to this in the show notes and a little shout out for the Tarkov reporter. But there's a number of things they're working on. And there's a couple that we really want to talk about. But they talked about um, dynamic loot. They talk about labs loot, upping the GPU spawn rate, hitboxes, radiating damage, new animations. They talked about um, a new container they're developing, um, Lighthouse, the new map that's coming out, Streets of Tarkov, VoIP or Voice over IP, which is going to be the new in-game communication system, and then just uh, the future of how we're going to get news like this. So, it's a great article. Highly recommend that you read it because we're picking out just a couple topics because each one of these could probably end up being an episode and who knows, they might be. But um, I, want to, I want to dig into these. So the first one is, I want to talk about dynamic loot because this has been discussed like ad nauseum like, and I think there's an event related to it. It's interesting just in the time that it's been talked about Right. And the, the overall concept of dynamic loot is that loot will be much more spread out over the map. But in general, if there's an area where high tier items or as Nikita refers to them, hotspots, those will still remain hotspots, but it'll be the general area. So there's no specifics given on this yet, but I would look at something like resort on shoreline as being a hotspot. And now rather than stuff showing up in specific rooms, it's probably going to be the whole building. So this is going to have major gameplay effects and people checking more spots when these changes start to take place. As this has been discussed, I've already noticed that it's affecting my gameplay a little bit and I'm paying a little bit more attention to where loose loot spawns and I'm like questioning whether or not, you know, I, I found an augment in, in urban as we were going towards the sneaky stairs above Ollie and we're up on the top level of interchange and there was an augmenton on the table inside of urban and I was like is that a spawn location for this is it somewhere where loose loot spawns I don't remember looting anything here is dynamic loot active and so it just has me looking in more places and checking where loot spawns now because it may be spawning new and different stuff in the future. So I find this to be really fascinating. And I want to kick it over to you because this one kind of explodes my mind. Like, I don't know if it's good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> like, I just, I'm kind of excited to see this to see if it will work. So what do you think about the dynamic loot? 
I really think it's great actually for the game because I think having a static loop progression of a pistol runner with a key to a specific spot on a desk and out is not good for the game. It makes the game be too predictable, I think. And so there's going to be a lot more PvP encounters because of this, and I think that's good for the game. And it's also going to make people have to take a pause and maybe strategize on how to do loot running. I've noticed myself that it is a little bit harder to get loot, like for some of the turn-in quests that come up along the way. I probably did maybe 25 or 30 raids looking for a fuel conditioner. And it was crazy. It's just crazy how they're just not where they normally are. And you just have to look around for them. And I think that's a great thing. I think that adds dynamic environmental things to the game that make it more interesting, especially as this game wipes and you do the same things over and over and over again. This is another element of disruption to that pattern that people have developed that I think is super interesting. And I also find it funny because there's motors all over Interchange. So one of the parts of dynamic loot that's hilarious to me is that there used to be motors in the back corner of Ollie and, you know, that's where you got your motors, right? No, no, there's there's motors all over Interchange now, as well as water filters, which is really funny. So it, it is it is definitely a thing that is different. And uh, so far, I really like it. Cool. Yeah, I, I love what you said about the removal potentially of predictability, especially as they continue to work on it. The The whole concept of your example there of someone with a pistol and a key and running to a spot checking for one item, this is a very interesting way to combat that. I guess the the balancing challenge on Battle State is going to be, you know, making random loot all over the map. It can't be too good that people don't want to go check out more populated areas. And then the populated areas, you know, makes you wonder, like, is it possible for like multiple red cards to spawn in in uh, resort now? So I'm excited to see it, and I'm sure as they continue to roll it out and um, make bigger changes to dynamic loot, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see. I really get excited about the word dynamic and all of these changes. Something we talked about, you know, I'd say weeks and weeks, if not months and months ago, it could have been a year ago for crying out loud. We talked about daily quests and weekly quests, or some sort of um, addition to spice it up, right? Kind of change the predictability of the game by giving different people different tasks to do on a daily or weekly basis and also have an influence on how someone approaches the game and maybe force people out of their comfort zone. The thing that really surprised me was that Nikita talked about a dynamic questing system that generates unique quests for each player. Now, I don't know if this is unique quests out of a pool just get assigned or if it's going to be based on your play style or your stats or what they're going to be looking at. But the fact that they're considering a dynamic system for daily and weekly quests to just add some flavor into the game, I think is a fantastic, fantastic change. And I cannot wait to see this implemented. I agree. I think there's some huge potential for daily quests and weekly quests to add longevity to Tarkov in a way that will keep people engaged in something that they they know that they can log in every week and have something to do. What I'm concerned about here is that these quests are things that can't be done in a reasonable amount of time. Like a a weekly quest can't be kill Killa a hundred times. That's not a reasonable weekly quest. Or a weekly quest can't be kill 100 PMCs. That's not a reasonable thing because most people don't have enough time to play Tarkov long enough in a week to actually do that. Now, what I'd really like to see is a variety of daily and weekly quests. So for example, I'd like to see some crafting quests to get the hideout more integrated into how people do the game. So let's say you have to craft, you know, one one week you have to craft a loadout of like toilet paper and screwdrivers and things like that, you know, and it could be, you know, Jaeger talking about, you know, how he needs to send something to people that he's working for him or something. You could have some interesting lore stuff like that and use the hideout to craft some things. Other thing is I'd like to see some quests that are like just playing the game that encourage people to play the entire game and not just their favorite map. So just a daily or a weekly quest that is play every map once. 
You can live or die, but play every map once. You know, stuff like that. Or get three wins on one map or something like that. Something that's very obtainable by a casual player, because I really think that's what this questing system is really going to be for. It's to keep the more casual time-based players involved. It doesn't matter what kind of play style you have. It's just about time. So I really hope that that's the direction they take it and they don't turn it into something that is unobtainable for most people. Yeah, I I agree. I think this is a spot that there's probably some risk in it, right? And figuring out what's the right sort of requirements to put out there. But I think to games that have been doing daily and weekly and quest for a long time, you know, and the one that I probably spend the most time in is Hearthstone. The thing that's changed over time is that, you know, the weekly quests were challenging and you actually had to focus and get those done. And the daily quests were a little more, they're just easier to accomplish and you could often just sort of kind of log in and throw yourself at them. But even those have gone through changes. Like Hearthstone went through a situation where you had to win three games with a certain class and then it went to win three games with one of these three classes. And then the most recent iteration is play three games with any of these three classes. And that's the dailies. And then the weeklies have also transitioned from being really hard to obtain to being, um, you know, you could re-roll them and, and get new ones if it's like way out of your play style. So I agree. I think there's risk there, but I hope that they are... And I really feel like they can find a good balance of this to create some challenge, to create some stuff that is really fun to do, and then and maybe gets people out of their comfort zone. Imagine this. Like, think about how New World has a board, a task board in a city that you can pick things from. Imagine this. Imagine the trader screen having another area that you could pick a trader and do a set of dailies or weeklies for that trader. And maybe they had eight options and you were allowed to pick three or four of them. Maybe there was ways to focus on one or one trader, or maybe there's ways to focus on a set of traders or something, but maybe this tasking system could be totally used for not just keeping people playing the game, but also for supplementing reputation. Like think about how hard it is to get Jaeger reputation. It could be used for, you know, supplementing experience when you're in between those tough levels like seventeen to twenty or 28 to 30, you know, or or 37 to 40, you know, there's just, there's gaps in the Tarkov experience that you need help along the way. And this could be a way to do that too. So there's a lot of different ways they could take it. They weren't very specific on what they were trying to get out of the system, but just that the system was going to exist. And just the fact that this is the direction they're thinking about going actually gives me a lot of um, hope for this area of the game. And I'm pretty excited about it. I do too, because, you know, I'm most interested in what Nikita means by dynamic. And then I think about all of the gameplay aspects that could be added into this. And I think that would be amazing. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how dynamic could mean, or it would be really cool if it meant that it took into account what tasks you're on and maybe gave you like baby steps for getting those tasks done. You know, like when you need 15 kills on shoreline, you know, maybe it's, you get a daily quest for killing, you know, four scavs on shoreline with the gun that you need, right? Or it, it could be like an incremental bonus to doing what you should be doing for progression. So there, I just there's a lot of opportunity that could make this really, really cool. I agree. And I think that it's going to be a major part of, if not this wipe, but the next wipe going forward. So we're going to see this in whatever iteration they start it with soon. And I am excited to see it, like I said. Yeah. The next thing that kind of was really interesting to me on this list was the damage problems that they were having with people getting shot and blacked out limbs were not calculating the correct amount of damage. And I'm not sure how much you were following this, but this was a really interesting problem. Basically, you know, the TLDR is your legs are blacked out. You keep getting shot in the leg. Nothing happens. You're supposed to die, but the damage wasn't being spread out to the rest of your limbs that had hit points. And so it was about a half a day where people were <laughs> stupidly overpowered and, and, and they were just kept on getting shot. And it was, it was a really weird situation. And so they confirmed that this was a bug and they've gone ahead and patched it as of time of recording now. And so it's been a couple, it's been like a week and a half. So it's, it's been patched, but it brings up this idea that they don't actually have the radiating damage stuff worked out quite the way they want to yet. So what happens when your arm is blacked out, your leg is blacked out, and you still get shot there, 
Uh, they haven't quite figured that out yet. There's some multipliers on it. Like, for example, if your, um, I think if your arms get shot, it's like a 0.7 multiplier that gets spread. And if your legs get shot, it's a 1.3 multiplier, something like that. And so it's really interesting that Tarkov, it goes down to that level of damage distribution. And like I said, this is a survival MMO. So that, that's something you may have noticed. You may have noticed, hey, a couple of raids, you shot at someone in their legs, you know, like absorbed your entire clip. Well, they did. They did absorb your entire clip and it was a bug. And so that bug has been confirmed that it's been patched as of right now. You're going to get flamed for saying clip. <laughs> oh, no, I said clip. <laughs> magazine magazine we can't shout out the army guys and then say clip in the same episode <laughs> i know i know oh man i feel so bad but we're leaving that in the show <laughs> magazine uh, i emptied my magazine yeah i i'm not sure if i noticed that day of craziness i may not have even played that day but it is really cool to think about and sometimes it's just like mind blowing how many different systems are constantly working together to make Tarkov happen. Sometimes I can look at things like, man, did I die from desync there? Or, you know, sometimes I think there may be too many systems working together, but then you have these just incredible like raid moments where all of that stuff works together to create a meaningful moment that won't be forgotten. I thought I had forgotten this and I just remembered it, but we were getting ready to record tonight and we ran a scav raid to, you know, speaking of damage and multipliers and things that happen. Well, we're scaving. We decided to do interchange because Ronald needed a lion, a bronze lion. So in the process of going from the Ollie side over to the idea side so that we could loot and check for a lion within idea, we get in a fight. Better than that, we hear a fight going on. We're at the entrance of Ollie. We're in Ollie. We find a friendly scav. We do the uh, wiggle confirmation that we're now a team. And we move into the area just outside Teco. This other scav is shooting at another scav who's hostile. And so we join the fight. We kill the hostile scav. But in the fight, Ronald ended up blacking out both of his legs, getting two heavy bleeds. So I'm looting the guy. Ronald's like, I have one S mark, but I need another one. Do you have one? I said, yeah, it's in the tea bag on this scav. Come loot that. And so he gets that. He stops the bleed. And I'm like, all right, well, your legs are totally messed up. So you need to start walking towards railway. And I'm going to run to idea. And I'm going to see if I can find you a bronze lion. And I'll meet you on the way out. So all of these systems play together in such cool ways because Ronald is hobbling out, makes a stop in National, finds a CMS kit on the shelf. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? That is the luckiest thing I've ever seen. Well, he still has a fractured leg. So even though he could repair the legs, he still had a fracture and we didn't have a splint. So I go through idea. I don't find a bronze lion. And he's like, I'm not going to make it out. And I'm like, well, keep walking. I'm going to go through and see if Emercom was looted and see if Mantis was looted. So I go over to Emercom. All the doors are closed, but I found that it's been unlocked. So I start scavenging through there, looting the med bangs. I don't find a splint. I'm like, all right, we're really low on time. We're at like two minutes left. I'm going to go in Mantis and try to find a splint for you. Don't find one in Mantis. And we end up getting ready to be done and I find a painkiller on the shelf. So I'm like, I'm going to grab this painkiller. I'm going to run it to you and we're going to head out to the exfil and we're going to make it. So I, I meet him. He's hobbling through the woods towards the railway exfil. And I'm like, I'm going to run in front of you. I'm going to drop this painkiller. You're going to take it. and You're going to sprint. I think we were probably 10, maybe 15 seconds away from the exfil. We didn't make it. But I think just bringing up that concept of all of these systems and the way they work and how complex it can be, that was one of the like coolest in-game experiences that I can remember. And we were not successful because of everything that happened in the raid and all of the systems that were working together to produce that experience. It completely modified how we communicated what we did in the raid, and then what I tried to do to help you and get us both out successfully. And I just think that's really cool 
Because where else are you going to have any situation like that where not only does that stuff occur and you have to deal with it, but also that you have an opportunity to use your map knowledge, to use your in-game knowledge, to know that you need to start heading for the exfil if you're even going to have a remote chance and to know where to go to try to find the loot that could solve your problem. I just think that that is something that doesn't happen in other games. And Tarkov does deep depth of system really, really well. I totally agree. And we got to round off that story by saying that we missed the exfil by like 50 feet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, dude. It was so unfortunate. (laughs) It was if we had another 20 seconds, it would have been good. But yeah, you're right. It was so many different systems combined to create even though it was a loss, because technically, because we didn't survive, it was fun. It was fun because we had to dive into all of the different things that you can do as a scav in 14 minutes. Team up with other scavs, and with scav karma, that whole experience is so different. And so you wiggle, you team up, and then we ultimately were fighting a scav who had gone rogue and was fighting us. And so that whole process can be is this person going to betray me? You know, am I going to get shot, right? You know, there's some people who don't care about scav karma. And then ultimately using, you know, knowing that on the way out, National was there and there's a bunch of file cabinets. I had a, I had a chance to find, you know, some healing and I decided to take the chance because I didn't think I had enough time to hobble. And that CMS kit allowed me to walk a little faster, which is great. So all those things come together and, you know, it just makes a memorable raid and that's awesome. But that's about it for this week, and we're starting to actually make it to the Xville, so the green bar is starting to flash. So we are moments away from disappearing. But as always, before we do, uh, thank you to the community. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you to the new people that have joined the Xville, and everything that we do is a community-supported endeavor for us. And anything that you guys can join on Patreon, as little as a dollar a month, is greatly appreciated and goes a long way to helping us produce more content and we have plenty of ideas (laughs) and so we're looking forward to the future like mike said in the beginning of this video we've got many uh different things planned and looking forward to getting into some new shows new bonus material for you and of course always more xfil so that's about it for me this week and for me you can always look for me on twitch if you follow me there make sure to set the notification on because i stream kind of irregularly right now but normally two if not three times a week Uh, And you can also find me on Twitter and Discord at MTB Trigger. To echo what Ronald said, just wanted to thank everybody for listening and being a part of the community. We're growing it. We're trying some new stuff. We're modifying Discord to be much more focused on the future and all the games that we're playing and what other people are playing. And we're just excited to kind of get back into that. So, you know, I'm excited for new games coming out. I'm excited for a remaster of Diablo 2. I can't wait to talk about that, but I'm still just loving Tarkov and finding new ways to enjoy it, which is really neat. So expect to hear more about Night Raids coming up. As for me, that's that's pretty much it. So you can always find this podcast on basically every audio podcast platform out there. Make sure you check out YouTube if you're looking to see how we react and our faces when somebody brings up marshmallows out of the blue after four months. And uh, you can find that at XP Media now on YouTube. So leave a comment, give us feedback, whether it's there or in Discord. We greatly appreciate all of that. But good luck in your raids this week. Get out there, try a night raid, and we'll see everybody next time. See everybody. <laughs> <laughs>